Amen. Enjoy the riches of God in every aspect, in your health, in your relationships, in every aspect of your life. Praise God. Thank you for coming out in our second service today. We had a great time in our first service. Uh, this is the first uh, Sunday of the month. We normally schedule that for our, uh, to bring in the Lord's Supper and communion together. And we're going to be enjoying that uh, today as well. Uh, we, we're not set just on doing it the first Sunday of the month. The Lord tells us to do it on Wednesday. If he tells us to come out on a special Friday night, whatever he says we're going to do. But as often as we do this in remembrance of him, the Bible says that that uh, is a blessing for us. And we're going to look at that today. Because I want the message, I want us to have full understanding. Jesus taught, in, in a lot of his teachings were in parables. And one of the main parables that he taught was about the farmer sowing the seed and how some fell on hard soils, rocky soil, uh, thorn and thistles and weeds, soil, and then good soil. And he said the seed that fell on the hard soil, uh, the birds of the air came in immediately and devoured it. And, uh, and, and the reason this is so important that we understand this parable, because Jesus said, if you can understand this one parable, you understand how the kingdom works. That's what Jesus said. I didn't say that now. I'm just, I'm just copying my Lord. He said, if you understand this parable, you understand how the kingdom works. So this parable means a lot to me. So, and it meant a lot to the disciples because they pulled Jesus aside and said, we don't, we don't get it. We want to make sure we're getting the whole thing here. What could you tell us about it and break it down? And Jesus says, I'll, I'll break it down for you. He said, the seed represents my word, the word of God that goes forth. The soil represents the heart of man. The hard soil represents a, a man or woman who doesn't have understanding when they don't understand the word, they don't receive the word. The enemy makes sure he steals the word so that the word doesn't produce the amazing miracles that the word produces. The enemy doesn't want that. So uh, that's the first. And then the rocky soil is that which is not digging deep and the roots are very shallow and uh, sun scorches it and the plants fall over and don't produce a fruit. The thorn soil and thistles and weeds is preoccupied soil. That's the hearts of man that is preoccupied and, and, and got other things. They, they want to serve God, but they want to serve themselves. They want to serve mankind. They're, they're just kind of you know, pluralistic in everything. And, and the Bible says it chokes it out and the word never produces in their life. And then the good soil produces 30, 60, or 100 fold of whatever the seed of the word is planted. So uh, I want to spend extra time today before we take the elements of the Lord's Supper so that we make sure we have understanding. Because uh, I, I know we could deal with the other soils, and I pray the Holy Spirit will, but I really want to focus on understanding so that the word, the seed of God's word, gets into our hearts and produces some fruit, and some, some manifest here on earth as it is in heaven. So uh, we want to kind of dig in, maybe some rocky soil, dig out some rocks and get to, some, some earth there in our hearts for the root of God's word, and then pull up some weeds or things that are preoccupied and make sure that our field is ready to receive all God has for us. Because let me tell you what, God's word is miraculous. God's word is miraculous. It's just seed. It's ready to produce. It's ready to multiply. It's ready to bring forth the harvest that God has for you. And I'm telling you, we serve a good God. He is an amazing God. 
I'm telling you, I still sing that song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Man, his, his grace is amazing. Amen? Amen. So, so let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we pray by your spirit, you would open our minds, our ears, our hearts, our understanding. Lord God, that we would not only hear your word, but we would understand your word. Give us wisdom, we pray. Lord God, a revelation and an illumination from you, Holy Spirit, that we might not be hearers of your word only, but doers in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So we're talking about the blood covenant today as we're getting ready to come around the blood of the grape and the broken bread as it represents the body and the blood of Jesus. This is a central theme throughout the Bible. You can go all the way back into the Old Testament and you will find that this is God's heart and it's focused around the blood covenant. The prophet speaks in Isaiah 54 and 17 and he says this, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He's prophetically telling us that God is setting this thing up, that even though we are in a hostile world this side of heaven, even though we have a real enemy this side of heaven, he is telling us that whatever the devil tries to come against us with, it's not going to work. It's not going to prosper. God has a plan to protect you. God has a plan to help you come through it victorious every time. And let me just say this, we must get our theology correct. We must uh, line ourselves up with God's Word rather than trying to bring God's Word down to align up with our circumstances. John 10 and 10, Jesus said, the thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus says, if you want to know where destruction comes from, if you want to know where theft comes from, if you want to know where uh, the devil try, uh, trying to kill you comes from, it's from the devil. It's from the devil. Uh, this theology that God killed my loved one, or God caused this destruction in my life, or God caused this loss in my life, let me tell you what, that's bad theology. Because what you're doing is you're pulling away from the blood covenant and all the promises of the blood covenant, and you're giving the devil a free ticket to keep doing what he does because you're not entering into spiritual warfare and coming against he who's coming against you. And what you're doing is you're blaming it on God. Now, God's big enough to take all the blame in the world if you want to give it to him, but it's not going to help you live in victory. When Jesus says, Satan is the one that comes but to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you might have what? Life. And just any life? No, life more abundant. So there's an abundant life that Jesus brings through the blood covenant, and the enemy doesn't want you to know that. He wants that seed to land on a, a lack of understanding so that it will not produce fruit. But I'm here to tell you, let's dig in and let's get the seed in the soil so that the promises of God can be manifest in and through our lives so that our lives are a testimony of the miracle working power of God, that our lives are a testimony to the grace of God, that our lives are a testimony to the delivering hand of God so that the world who is in the same warfare sees the victory and sees the grace and sees the power of God on our life, that they'll run and want to serve the God that we serve, that they'll want to do as the Philippian jailer did with his whole family when they saw how God moved in behalf of Paul and Silas. They see, he said, what must I do to be saved? And the next thing you know, he and his whole family are getting saved. And 
man getting baptized. I'm here to tell you the world needs to see the demonstration of the supernatural manifest of Almighty God in and through a covenant people who will get their theology right and stand on the Word and see the Word produce the work that God has so declared. Hallelujah. God said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It's time for us to stand in the promise of God. And he didn't say there wouldn't be weapons formed against you. And Jesus in John 10 and 10 didn't say the devil's not going to try and kill you. The devil's not going to try and steal from you. And the devil's not going to try and destroy you. He didn't say the devil's going to give up. But what he says is greater, greater are you who are in the Lord and he who is in you than he who is in the world. So I want to show you how this uh, promise of God is more real today than ever and we can walk under God's protection and God's blessing like never before. Because it was Jesus who said in Luke 10 and 19, Behold! Behold! If you're in a play and you have the character go, Behold! It's to get your attention, okay? Everybody, listen, behold! Jesus says, listen, I gave you, I've given you the authority, I'm giving you the exousia, I'm giving you the authority uh, to trample on the serpents and the scorpions and over all the power, over all the dunamis of the enemy. He's saying the enemy has dunamis, the enemy He's got dynamite. He can come in and try and blow this up and blow that up. But I'm giving you exousia. I'm giving you authority that you can take the blasting cap out of the dynamite and cause it not to blow up in your life. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, he gave you the authority and he gave me the authority. So we have to exercise that authority. But if our theology is wrong and we think the killing and the stealing and the destruction is from the Lord, well, we're not going to get in God's way if God wants to kill me, if God wants to destroy me, if God wants to steal from me, well, God's will be done, then we're not going to exercise any authority and the devil's tricked us out of it. I'm here to tell you, Jesus said, I didn't come to kill you, I didn't come to steal from you, and I didn't come to destroy you. I came to give you life, and I came to give you life more abundant. And he says, and I've done it in covenant, and not just any covenant, but a blood covenant, and not just any blood covenant, but one that I shed my own blood to initiate for you. Hallelujah. Now, I like this where it says nothing by any means shall harm you. That goes right back to Isaiah 54 and 17 where he said no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Nothing formed against you shall prosper. Nothing by any means shall harm you. I don't know about you, but these are all inclusive and they're definite and it covers every aspect of life. Whatever it is, whether it's weapons of terrorism or weapons of fear or weapons of sickness or weapons of disease or weapons of debt, debt or weapons of emotional pressure, no weapon, no weapon can prosper. Hallelujah. So what I want to do is I want to show you how these promises become real in our lives. Okay, some very practical stuff here as we're preparing to take the elements of the Lord's Supper here this morning. And the first one is this. We must understand God's previous covenant. Okay, He had an old covenant and, uh, and He had established a blood covenant there. We see it in Exodus chapter 12 where the Israelites had been slaves for hundreds of years. They're in bondage. They're crying out to God. God sends a deliverer. The deliverer goes to Pharaoh and Pharaoh says, no way. God says, let my people go. Pharaoh says, no way. Moses says, God said, let my people go. Pharaoh says, no way. Ten times now we're at the tenth plague and uh, destruction is coming. But 
God wants His people to understand blood covenant. And He says this, I want you to take a lamb, a spotless lamb. Now you've got to understand this is foreshadowing. It's pointing to, it's a type that, of Jesus to come. But So it had to be spotless lamb. And He take this lamb and you bring it into your house and you get acquainted with it. And there, after several days there in your house, then you are to take it and you're to kill it. You're to take its blood with a hyssop branch, put on the doorpost and the lintel of your house, and then you're to prepare the meat as a meal so that everyone in your house takes inside of you, not only in your home, but in you, part of this lamb. And, uh, and God says, when I see the blood, when this plague comes and I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's where Passover, the Feast of Passover comes from, so that you will not find the destruction that comes on the enemy. When I see the blood, it's a blood covenant. He said, there has to be blood. When I see the blood, the plague shall not destroy you. God honored the, lamb, the blood of that lamb that was on each house, placed on the doorpost and the lentil. So that blood was dripping in the shape of a cross over every household. Let me tell you what. Don't you come and say, pastor's saved and pastor's believing. That takes care of me. You got to come into this blood covenant. You got to make sure your household comes into this blood covenant. You have authority over your household. Bring the whole household under the blood. And all the provision of the blood covenant is yours and your household because God, when he sees the blood, he honors the blood. Now, we, they understood this, they did it, and then they would celebrate every year the Feast of Passover of what God had done and what they continued to walk in under this blood covenant, under the old covenant. Now we come into the new covenant and we need to understand God's new covenant, and that's the second thing here. And we see God says, just so you miss it, I want you to put the pieces together. I don't want you to say, duh, I just didn't see it. Duh, I missed it. No. He said in 1 Corinthians 5 and 7, Jesus Christ is called our Passover lamb. So, so here God says, I don't want you to miss it, that what I had done in the Old Testament for the blood covenant under the old covenant now is pointing to a new covenant and Jesus is fulfilling that. Jesus is our Passover lamb that brings the divine protection and the divine deliverance from plagues and destruction and bondage. Goes right along with what Jesus said. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give you life and life more abundant. I am your Passover lamb. I am come to establish a new covenant in my blood with you. So we have to understand, third, the difference between these Passover lambs and these covenants. And Hebrews probably is one of the best uh, descriptions for us to understand our new covenant. And, and it actually gives it this description and telling us in verse 6 of chapter 8 that Jesus has obtained for us a more excellent ministry insomuch that He is also the mediator of this better covenant which was established on better promises. So he's telling us that he's built upon the old covenant of the old uh, blood covenant of the Old Testament and he has a new covenant blood covenant for us and he tells us here that it is a more excellent ministry. It is a better covenant and it's built upon better promises. Now I don't know about you, but when I see something that says uh, new and improved or better, 
I believe that it's going to do at least what the old did. Let's say if I'm on the grocery, in the grocery store and I'm on the aisle there where the laundry detergent is and, and I see Tide and then I see new, improved, better Tide, then I'm, I'm believing that the new, improved, better Tide is going to do at least what the old Tide did, but going to do more. It's going to be better. The old Tide maybe don't take the rings from my collar, you know. We've got to do extra work around my collars to get the, the ring out, you know, whatever. But the new, improved, I want to try it because it says it's going to do at least what the old one done and more. Well, let me tell you what. This is one thing you can try if you want, uh, but I can promise you it works every time. The new covenant that we have in and through Christ Jesus is better than the old covenant. Hallelujah. It's a better covenant, the writer to the Hebrews says. It's built upon better promises. It's established by better blood. Therefore, we get better results from it. So anything you read in the Old Testament is only a, 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 a foreshadowing of that which is to come, which is better. So if this happened in the Old Testament, we should be getting better in the New Testament. If this happened under the old blood covenant, how much more should we be living in victory under the new blood covenant? Because it's a better covenant built upon better promises and mediated by a better high priest, Jesus Christ himself, who shed his own blood to be the better blood for this covenant. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but this makes me want to rejoice in the fact that I live in the new covenant and the New Testament time. Amen. That we live in this church age and we have this blood covenant that Jesus Christ has established for us. Now, I want to help you walk uh, the end of this better covenant and these better promises. I want to help you walk it out. Uh, how do you do that? As we leave here in the next few minutes, how are we going to put this uh, into shoe leather and not be a hearer of the word only, but a doer as well? Well, let's, let's see how we walk it out. First, we've got to declare it with our mouths. If you want to see this new covenant work, you got to declare it with your mouth. The Bible says that life and death is in the power of your tongue, that your tongue has the power to release the life that Jesus wants, that abundant life, or to release the death, the destruction, and the theft that the enemy wants. It, it hinges on your tongue. It hinges on your tongue. You have authority and you must exercise your authority over all the power of the enemy, beginning with how you talk with your mouth. You got to learn to align your tongue in agreement with the Word of God. Your words are lined up with the words of God. Don't try to bring God's Word down to your words and your words limited by your experiences and your circumstances. Your circumstances may be bleak. Your experiences may be failure. But I'm here to tell you the experience of God's Word is success. The Bible will never be destroyed. It will never be wiped off of the face of this earth. When everything is fallen into the sea, the sun, the moon, and the stars, the Word of God will still stand. So you've got to learn to line your words with the Word of God. You've got to say what God says about you. You've got to say what God says about your circumstances. You've got to say what God says about your health. You've got to say what God says about your wealth. You've got to say what God says about your peace. You've got to say what God says about your righteousness. You've got to say what God says. You've got to declare it with your mouth. In Romans 10 and 10, the Bible says, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And that word salvation comes from a, Hebrew, a Greek word, sozo, which means deliverance, wholeness, protection, salvation. So many have thought that that only talks about being saved and going to heaven. 
Now, it does bring us into reconciliation with God so that we who are far off because of sin have been brought close and brought back into the family. For the wages of sin is death, we read in the Bible. And all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So every one of us have sinned and our, the wages of our sin is death, which means separation from God. We're not going to have a relationship with God on earth and we're not going to have a relationship with God in heaven. We've been separated because of sin. But the gift of God is eternal life in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Hallelujah. So what we see is reconciliation with God comes with the confession of our mouth. The blood covenant makes provision for us to be connected back with God, but we have to confess it with our mouth. We initiate the blood covenant. We walk in the fullness of the blood covenant by what we say if we say what God has said. Hallelujah. So we are reconciled with God, but also... This word sozo, that we get a word salvation, means delivered, means protected. Now, we don't need protection in heaven. We don't need deliverance from the enemy in heaven. So we know he's talking about here on earth as well, that an enemy coming to kill, steal, and destroy. We've got weapons of our warfare, or not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds. We've got the armor of God that we're to put on so that we can stand against the wiles of the enemy. There's warfare on this side of heaven, but in that warfare, there is protection. There's sozo. There's deliverance. There's protection. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, the prophet said. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, abundant life I come to give to you. It comes through the new covenant, this blood covenant, and this blood covenant is initiated and enjoyed in our life by the words that we declare from our mouth we have to learn to activate it with what we say. So how do we uh, get the uh, covenant working in our lives? We declare it with our mouth. We also have to know that this covenant went into the effect, to effect the day Jesus died. The Bible says in Hebrews 9 and 17, for a testament is in force after men are dead. And so it has no power at all while the testator lives. So this new covenant, everyone was under the old covenant until the testator died. That's why it was so important that Jesus died. There's many reasons that Jesus had to die and shed his blood, and he had to die on the cross. One of the reasons is he shed sinless blood. Now that sinless blood, I'm telling you, is, is Jesus, the devil tried to tempt him, tried to get him to sin, but the Bible says he, he was without sin. Now all of us have fallen short of the glory of God because we've sinned, right? and the wages of sin is death. So in the great CPA, uh, you might would say accounting office, the IRS office of hell, <laughs> the devil's looking, or the IRS uh, office of life, the IRS is, uh, the devil's there as an accountant, and he's looking, and he says, you, you've got a balance due, you've got a balance due, you sinned, you've got a balance due, and I'm not pointing at anybody in particular because all of us, some of you are ducking. You're ducking. I'm, 
Okay, don't, you don't have to duck. We all are guilty, right? I'm not pointing at anybody in particular. We've all sinned, so our account shows we owe something we cannot pay. We are overdraft. We are, we are late, and the, the devil's got a right to come in and to take everything that we have. But all of a sudden, he's got this other column in his accounting records there where there's more than enough, if I wanted to use it as money, there's more than enough money or more than enough righteousness to offset all of the unrighteousness. So he's looking and he said, well, to balance the books, where do I apply this? And God says you have to apply it into every account of every person who will call on the name of Jesus, who will place their faith in Jesus, who will believe that Jesus is the Son of God, who will trust in what Jesus has done through the blood covenant. If they will place their faith in the blood covenant and the the Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, I want you to take over uh, to the penny enough to pay it off in full. There's not one penny owed. They are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Because they place their faith in this blood covenant and this blood covenant, part of its uh, uh, very structure is to take care of our sin debt. Hallelujah. So now we can go to heaven. That part of salvation, sozo, we can go to heaven. We can be reconciled to God. We can be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We can have our names written in the Lamb's book of life. We can spend an eternity in heaven. But guess what? That also, when he looks at that account, there's another uh, account where it says that that which is owed on the earth, the consequences of this sin, because let me tell you what, the devil loves reciprocity. He loves it. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. You sow a negative word, you're going to reap a negative word. You sow gossip, you're going to reap gossip. You sow judging somebody, you're going to reap judging somebody. You sow not helping somebody in need, then you're not going to have anybody help you in need. He loves working that thing. And some of us got stuff out there sowed that we didn't even realize we sowed. We got words that we've said, oh my goodness, if they keep doing this, it's killing me. We didn't know we sowed that. I'm telling you, if these kids don't straighten up, I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, the devil says, got those words. Let's get them planted over here. And then when dementia starts coming on, they're like, why in the world am I losing my mind? Uh huh. So the devil loves that. Part of the curse. Part of the curse. But guess what? Jesus is our blood Passover lamb. He shed the blood for our blood covenant. And not only did he shed his blood, but where he shed his blood. See, Herod tried to kill him when he was a little boy and he failed. And then they tried to kill him when he started his ministry. Throw him off the cliff, but they failed. They tried to stone him. He failed. They tried to beat him to death on the whipping post, and they failed. Why? Because there was this loophole in the law that God says that any man that hangs on a tree, he, the curse will come on him. So Jesus and the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost had planned this thing out that they were going to have a way to get the curse off of us without Jesus sinning. Because if Jesus sinned, his blood was tainted and it could not have paid off our account. And then we could have went to heaven, but we still would have lived, on, lived a hell on earth, okay? Like a lot of Christians think we have to live. We just got to live. This is, this, the, de- the world belongs to the devil. He's in charge. We just got to suffer through it, try to get to heaven as quick as we can. You know, rapture take place right now, you know. 
and thank God there's going to be a rapture of the church, but until then, Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let us be like a city set upon a hill and a light that is not hidden under a bush and salt of the earth. He's given us, he's given us authority and he's given us assignment that we're to fulfill. So, Jesus hangs on a cross and Paul tells us in Galatians 3 and 13 and 14 by hanging on a cross, the Bible says He redeemed us, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for cursed is He who hangs on a tree. Hallelujah. So Jesus went to the cross, the Passover lamb, He not only shed sinless blood to make it so that you and I could be reconciled back with God and have eternity in heaven, He went to an old cross, a rugged cross, hung on a tree so that He could get the curse off of us. And verse 14, so that He could get the blessing of Abraham on us. Hallelujah. So I'm here to tell you, thank you, Jesus, that the Passover lamb, what he did, was not only for our heavenly blessing, but for our earthly blessing as well. you got to know the truth before the truth can set you free. So for a testator, is in, uh, for a testament to be enforced, the man has to be dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Jesus gave his life, but he said, no man takes it, I lay it down, and if I have the power to lay my life down, I have the power to take it up again, hallelujah. So he laid his life down on a tree so he could get the curse off of you and me. And he laid his life down shedding sinless blood to redeem us for all time, hallelujah. So we've got to understand in order for us to activate this blood covenant, walk in the provision of it, we've got to start declaring it with our mouth and we've got to act on it today. That we're not begging Jesus, I'm begging God, oh please God come into my situation, please God come into my circumstance, please God I need you, I need you, I need you, can't you see the pain, can't you see God, I need you. Let me tell you what, you're operating outside of full revelation when you do that. And you're not walking in faith that is appropriating what has already been provided. I'm telling you, the Passover lamb established a blood covenant, the better covenant built upon better promises for us over 2,000 years ago. It was done when he shed that blood and when he died on that tree, the, the testament, the last will and testament was activated and you and I have access to everything that he has provided today, today. So you have to learn to act on it today. And I'm telling you, when you get your theology right, your faith will rise up and you will begin to appropriate, take hold of the great things that God has for you. And which brings me to that third point in how to walk it out and get this blood covenant active in your life is we've got to learn to come boldly to the throne of God's grace and make our requests known to Him. And uh, we read that in Hebrews 10 and 19. When you understand that it's not your righteousness because your righteousness, just look at it, look at it. I'm telling you what, we get all humble, meek and mild. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I thought that. I can't believe I was supposed to do that and didn't do that. I can't, oh my goodness, look at that attitude. Man, I embarrassed myself here. I embarrassed everybody that was around me that day here. You know, we, we look at our righteousness, which is filthy, like filthy rags. We, we don't have any boldness. 
But when you understand that the Passover lamb, Jesus Christ, who has shed his blood to wash away all of our sins, to remove them as far as the east is from the west, and he hung on a tree to get the curse off of us, to get the blessing on us, that we've got to stand in what he has done for us. We've got to believe in his great love for us, and we've got to have faith in what God's plan for our life is, and come boldly so that we can move in the authority that he has for us. Hallelujah. I pray in the name of Jesus that God would raise up covenant-conscious men and women here at Christian Embassy, that we would know that God is not only with us, but He is for us every step of the way. I pray in the name of Jesus that covenant-conscious people would rise up from the, 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 where we're reaching out through these cameras all around the world, uh, there in Homa Bay and all those 15 churches in Kenya and around uh, and all those churches that are coming to us from Asia and all those churches that are coming to us from Europe and all those folks that are tuning in that couldn't be here today as well as everybody under the sound of my voice. I pray in the name of Jesus that the Word of God would cause a lifting today of covenant consciousness in our life. Hallelujah. That we could take the example of David, say. Remember the little shepherd boy? He understood covenant consciousness as a young man. He wrote about it. Read the Psalms. Oh my, you see this little boy out there writing these songs and singing songs and, and, and poetry to the Lord and he's talking about what a great covenant God. Now he's, he's just under the old covenant but he's got a glimpse prophetically to the new covenant. He's tasting and see. He said, just taste and see that the Lord is good. He said, but there's coming a day that our folks will be eating a banquet meal every day. That there's a, there's a Son of God that's going to come with righteousness in His wing. And He's going to come and He's going to bring forth the full manifest of the heart of God on this earth. He lived with covenant consciousness. We see it in His writings. And we know that He knew it was His covenant God that gave Him the strength to go against that bear. He knew it was His covenant God that gave Him the strength to go and kill that lion. And it was that same covenant consciousness that we see rise up in Him when He went to His brother's side and there they were in the, in the, in the battle or, or a pending battle where the Philistines were challenging the Israelites and days and weeks had gone by and the Israelites had, could not come up with a covenant representative. The, the Goliath was a covenant representative for the Philistines. They had this thing back then that if you elected a covenant representative and let them represent your whole country, that they could fight and vice versa for the other uh, uh, country that you're fighting against. And whoever wins... The victory goes to that country because of the covenant representative. Well, David understood covenant. He had been, been writing poems about it, been writing songs about it. He'd already been operating in the covenant power of God and taking back what the enemy was trying to steal with the bear and the lion. And there he is listening to Goliath, this, this evil covenant representative for the Philistines who was not in covenant with God. And David's like, what in the world? I'm just but a teenager, but wait a minute. We are in covenant with God. We are a covenant people. We have a blood covenant. We, God said no way and formed against us should prosper. Why are we taking this? Why hasn't somebody stepped up 
to be our covenant representative. And, and nobody would. So David said, I'll do it. And in 1 Samuel 17 and 36, look at what he says there. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine. Now what in the world does uncircumcised Philistine uh, have to do with the story? Well, the covenant that God had established, he says it needs to be where there's a cutting away of the flesh so that you cut away the flesh and your hearts are now mine. And this is a symbol in the flesh of that which is taking place in the hearts of men. So there would be circumcised and that was the cutting away of the flesh as a sign of that shedding of blood and that cutting away the flesh that they were committed as covenant people of God. So here's David, this teenager who had a covenant consciousness. He, he knew his covenant God helped him fight a bear. His covenant God helped him fight a lion. This covenant God maybe brought him to this place right now. And he says, wait a minute, I'll go, I'll go, because this giant, even though these circumstances seem undefeated, they cannot be defeated, undefeatable. It looks like these circumstances are greater than me. They look like these circumstances can never go way, but I'm pulling on covenant, the covenant with my God. He's not in covenant. This death, this destruction is not in covenant with God. This loud mouth from hell is not in covenant with God. Who is his uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. And David, as you know the story, went up against him with a, just a sling and a rock and the enemy came down and there David took his the enemy's sword and cut his own head off and took away the authority, took, showed who was in authority. I'm here to tell you the headship, the head represents authority and he took out the authority. I'm here to tell you David was trying to tell us something and here David's under the old covenant. Here David is under the old blood covenant but we're under a better covenant with better blood, with better promises mediated by better high priest, Jesus Christ himself and here we're letting the uncircumcised Philistines of circumstances come in and threaten us and put us in and corner us when we need to rise up with covenant consciousness and say no this is not the way it's going to be there's been more precious blood more powerful blood that has been shed by the son of the living God and I have his name I have his word I have his spirit and I'm not going to be cornered and back down no I have a covenant consciousness and I'm going to stand up against the devil and I'm going to rebuke the devil I'm going to resist the devil. I'm going to speak the covenant of God into my circumstance and the sword of the word of the Spirit will open up the path for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray that each and every one of us would rise up out of here with a covenant consciousness today and that we would begin to speak and live and make our plans according to the covenant that we now have in and through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I mean, let's think about it for a moment. If this can happen under the, just the foreshadowing of the great covenant we have, the victory David had, how much more? How much more? Oh, to see Christians all whiny and, 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 and timid and, 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 and scared to step up against the devil. It makes me mad. It makes me mad. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the devil. 
his lies. I rebuke the devil and his lies. And I'm trying to get the soil opened up, good soil, to receive this truth of God's Word, that you would rise up the son and daughter of God, the son and daughter of righteousness, the son and daughter of this better covenant, this blood covenant that we have. Hallelujah. What are you conscious of? What are you always mindful of? I pray today you would overwrite that with covenant consciousness. You say any giant comes against me, its head is coming off. Its head, its authority. It ain't going to exercise its authority over me. I'm going to exercise God's authority through my life over it. God, Jesus said, all authority. I've given you authority, exousia, over all the power of the enemy. And he by, by no means shall harm you. You've got to exercise that authority. You've got to exercise that authority. And David said it. He opened his mouth. He said it. You uncircumcised Philistine, you're coming down. You're going to be eating with the birds today. You're go- the birds are going to be eating you today. You're coming down. He declared it and then he acted on the word we can't be just oh sayers of the word we got to start running with the word we got to start running into it and bold as lions bold going forth in what god has called us to do hallelujah we need to become covenant conscious father i pray in the name of jesus by the power of your spirit lord lord that you would do a work supernaturally in our hearts and our minds right now to help establish within us, Lord God. Take the, take the shovel, take the plow of Your Word and open up our hearts to get this seed of truth in our hearts right now in good soil of our hearts to become covenant conscious, to begin to make our plans based on the covenant, to make our decisions based on the covenant, to declare our words and make our decrees based on the covenant, to go reach the world for you based on the covenant, to do all that you've called us to do based on your covenant. Covenant conscious. Make us covenant conscious, I pray. In Jesus' name. Another thing Jesus said, I don't want you to ever forget. The only thing he told us, I want you to keep doing this over and over and over and over. You can't forget this, he said. you got to remember. Paul even tells us that if you do forget it and you lose its value, you stop seeing the value or the worth of this blood covenant, many of you are going to be sick. Many of you are going to be weak. Many of you are going to die early. The enemy's going to win. The devil's always trying to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy's going to win if you don't see the value of this blood covenant. So Jesus says, I'm taking some bread. Now, I know y'all going to be eating bread all the time. I want this to be a symbol in your mind that I'm taking bread and I break it. And this is my body, which was broken for you. So you don't have to live broke. So you don't have to be broken every area of your life so that you can be made whole. This is the covenant. And as often as you eat it in remembrance of me, he says, you're going you're gonna to be tied back into You're not going to let the devil steal this from you. And he took the blood of the grapes and he says, the blood of the grape represents my blood that has been shed for you, that you have a blood covenant. I on the cross, my body on the cross took the curse off of you that your body on this earth can have the blessing of Abraham. And my blood shed on the cross redeemed you of the sin that separated you from God that you can be reconciled and have eternity with us in heaven forevermore. He says, I, you can't forget it. 
So he said, took the blood of the grave and the broken bread. And he says, this is my body and this is my blood, which is given for you, for you, so that you can continue to walk in covenant consciousness that you don't forget whose you are. You don't forget what covenant you're in. You don't get the power of this covenant. You don't forget the benefits of this covenant and the promises of this covenant. Oh, that you would celebrate this covenant with communion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like our ushers, if they would come now, and they're going to make ready at these five heads of these aisles here uh, the communion for you. And as they're coming, I want you as a symbol of that you are going to arise in covenant consciousness unlike ever before. I want you to stand with me right now. I want you to stand with me. Say, I am standing up. I am rising. I am coming under the mantle of covenant consciousness. I hear the word of God. I believe the word of God. I'm receiving the word of God. And I'm going to act on the word of God. And I'm going to leave here this day, going into this week, being the authority that God, the, operating in the authority that God has given me. And I'm going to operate in this blood covenant, this better covenant that I have in and through Jesus Christ. And I'm going to come against everything the devil's trying to steal everything the devil's trying to kill, everything the devil's trying to destroy, everything the devil's trying to do, I'm going to come against it in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to plead the blood. I'm going to plead the blood. I'm in blood covenant with God. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to settle for anything less. The devil is not going to win. The devil is not going to win. This is going to be the one of the worst weeks for the devil that he's ever had since Jesus resurrected from the grave. Hallelujah. 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 Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we stand before you now. Holy Spirit, help take this word and establish us with a covenant consciousness like we've never had before. That we don't waver, that we don't, we don't back down, that we would be faithful, that we would endure. Whatever the devil sends against us, we don't let it cause us to lose heart. But we come against it with your word. We come against it in your name. We come against it with your blood. We come against it with your, your spirit. Hallelujah. So Lord God, help us to rise up in covenant consciousness this day. And Father, I know that you said everyone who calls upon the name of your son Jesus shall be saved. Lord, if there's anybody tuning in, if there's anybody here in this house today, if there's anybody on any campus that is uh, listening to us, Lord, right now, if they've not called upon your name Jesus, Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, oh, help them, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, open your mouth, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. You said anyone that would call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. You said that if we would believe in our heart that God has raised you from the dead and confess with our mouth that Jesus, you are my Lord, we shall be saved. Jesus, we surrender to your Lordship. Just tell him, just a new commitment to him right now, fresh commitment. Jesus, I surrender to your Lordship. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. I want to live this week for you. I want to live advancing your kingdom. Oh, I thank you, Holy Spirit.
Fill me fresh and new, Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power, Holy Spirit. Fill me with your anointing. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Just ask the Spirit of the living God to fill you, to touch you, to move in and through you in a mighty way. Hallelujah. That you can go forth inspired by His Spirit and by His Word. Hallelujah. And Lord, as we call upon your name, and as we surrender to your Lordship, and as we desire to be filled to overflow with your spirit. Lord, we're going to honor your word right now. And we're going, to, we're going to be covenant conscious. You said, I want you to be covenant conscious. So take the bread. Take the cup. Don't forget. Remember. Remember whose you are. Remember whose you are. Remember who you are. Remember the covenant that you have. Remember. Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name.